Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, June the 15th. And first today, we're going to hear from a postal worker who's spoken about the moment she saw a toddler standing in the middle of a road near Canterbury after wandering out of a nursery unnoticed. Leanne Porter rushed to grab the youngster who'd got out of the nearby Bossingham Preschool. She's been telling reporter Jerry Warren what happened. I was parked just outside the school gates down down there and I was talking to another colleague who I was giving a special delivery to and we were talking for literally four or five seconds and then we realised there was a little girl walking out of this car park here and she just walked and stand, stood straight into the, in the middle of the road. What and did you think? I just, well, my, my, my instincts was just to go, go grab her, run, run as fast as I can because as you can see on this bend here, it's it's a bend and they come around there they, they're never going to see her so I ran from all the way from there all the way down just grabbed her and then just took her off the road and just checked spoke to her and asked if she was okay she just grinned at me mm. but she would have had no traffic sense at all. no not at all none at all she's two years old and I believe you took her back to the preschool I did yes yeah and they acknowledged that she was from the school they did in the end yes yeah but I mean, you you must have been horrified at what you saw. I was I was very very shaken. I felt physically sick, and yeah, it just wasn't nice. It wasn't nice for the little girl. It definitely wasn't nice. Police have confirmed they were called on Monday afternoon and made aware a child found unaccompanied was returned to safety in Bossingham Road earlier in the day. And they say no crime has been reported. The county council has also sent us this statement. The preschool took appropriate action in notifying our safeguarding team and other relevant agencies of the incident and no further action is required by KCC at this time. Bossingham Preschool themselves refused to comment but Ofsted confirmed they had been notified. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and the team leading the inquiry into the crimes of David Fuller want to hear from staff who used to work at the Kent and Sussex and Old Pembury hospitals from the mid-90s. He's in prison for killing two young women in Tunbridge Wells and abusing bodies in mortuaries. The inquiry is keen to learn more about working conditions and practices at the time he carried out the offences. A Whitstable man who subjected his wife and daughter to years of abuse has been told he'll spend the next five years behind bars. John Richards from Downs Avenue admitted coercive and controlling behaviour when he appeared in court. The 48-year-old's victim told how she ended up living in fear. It's emerged a dad from Herne Bay who was taken into hospital during the pandemic died when his ventilator switched off and disconnected. 49-year-old Keith Rogers was put in a side room at the QEQM in Margate because of concerns about the spread of infection and staff didn't hear the alarm on his cardiac machine. An inquest has heard he had a number of long-standing health issues and died from respiratory failure. East Kent Hospitals Trust say staff have been given more training in light of the tragic incident. Now, the family of a Kent security guard who died in a crowd crush at the O2 Academy in Brixton say they're still waiting for answers six months on. 23-year-old Gabby Hutchinson from Gravesend was one of two people killed at the venue last December. It happened when fans without tickets tried to get into a gig. Christine and Nina have been speaking about Gabby. She liked protecting people, looking after people. She was a carer by nature. She was really caring. 
and since I've been sort of really ill in the last year she was helping me a lot to get out of the house and uh, do things in general and it's been a really big big gap on our lives yeah we're still at that point where we haven't really accepted it okay. you know we, we still think she's just going to walk in the door and it just doesn't feel real yeah it's like, and she was really very loved wasn't she yeah. we were surprised about how many people showed up for her funeral it was overwhelming it was wasn't it it was, it was absolutely out the doors yeah. and everything we just still feel like we she's going to come home we just don't think it's real we was there we know that that she has gone but you know, we shouldn't be going to a crematorium to see our sister or, yeah. and our daughter. You yeah. know, it, it's not the way of, of life. You don't bury your child and, you know, mum's having to go through that. And I can't imagine what it must feel like. You know, as siblings, we should be growing old. And, you know, as a partner, they should be planning a future and a family. And, you know, she's lost her whole life yeah. because she went to work and nobody should go to work and not come home. I find it really, really difficult. My heart feels like it's broken. It's never going to mend again. And I wish it had been me rather than her because she had a life to live. And at least I've lived 60 years. It's really hard to comprehend that this actually happened. These sort of things don't happen to people like us. It's always happening on the news to other people. But it doesn't happen to us. It shouldn't happen to us, or why? I think that's just a reality check to everyone, though. Yeah. It, you might not think it's you, but that's why we want everyone to come forward that does know anything, because it could be your family next. Yeah. You know, we watch things on TV, and you just think, that will never happen to us. And we're now sitting here in that situation. Yeah. So what you think is irrelevant and not really that important could be really fundamental to the investigation that the police are doing and would help get answers as to why. Why that happened, because it shouldn't. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that were emotionally traumatised by what happened. So, you know, they need to be helped as well. And, and for those that was responsible, held accountable. Yeah. You know, because we're angry that there are things that haven't gone right that has led to, to people dying or being seriously injured. And we just want those people to have justice. You find out what went wrong last time. Hopefully it won't ever happen again to anybody else. That people learn from the mistakes and changes are made to protect workers and people going simply to watch an artist. Police say a criminal investigation is ongoing and a 21-year-old woman remains in a serious condition in hospital. Kent Online reports. Now, water supply problems in Kent have been a real issue this week. A burst main caused taps to run dry in Tunbridge Wells yesterday. We're told that has now been fixed, but low pressure means water can't be pumped out properly. Well, MP Greg Clark has been speaking to the chief exec of South East Water and says contingency plans just weren't good enough. I also made the point that water should have been distributed right from the outset. And if there's any delay uh, to supplies coming on, that should be distributed in Tunbridge Wells. 
people need to have compensation without fuss. And of course, the resilience of the network needs to be improved so that we don't have this summer and winter. On that, I've received a plan of improvements to the network, some changes of which have already been made. I want to get that independently assessed to see whether they are up to the, to the job in hand. Uh, when I've done that, I'll advise you uh, through my website uh, as to what I think of that uh, following the debate that I had in the House of Commons in January. Uh, and of course, uh, if there are any further updates on the current situation, uh, I'll update you all too. Even though the water is back on in that part of the county, Michelle and Nadine are worried about the rest of the summer. I'm worried not just for myself, actually, for the elder folk that live nearby that are, you know, suffering themselves. And how are they suffering? We've got several people that are just recovering from operations who didn't actually receive. They're on the sort of alert system that they're meant to be advanced warned by Southeast Water when they're not going to have water. They weren't warned. They haven't got any water. These are people that are sort of 80, 90, 100 years of age. I'm so frustrated and it's had such an impact on the whole family. This morning was very stressful indeed. Um, it's just really frustrating knowing that you can't get on with your everyday life. My husband has hay fever. My 10-year-old daughter woke up this morning with her eyes all clogged up and she just wanted to wash her face and we had no means for her to wash her face or flush out her eye. They were talking there to our colleagues from KMTV. Residents in Biddenden and Cranbrook, meantime, are still having trouble with supplies. Water bosses are blaming high demand during the ongoing hot weather and are urging all of us to use supplies wisely. Two teenagers have been charged after a crackdown on antisocial behaviour in Tunbridge. They were detained following a disturbance at the Angel Centre where it's claimed a member of staff was spat at and a glass door damaged. The girls, who are 15 and 13, are due before magistrates in July. This is one of our most read stories on the website today and the building firm behind a multi-million pound regeneration project in Gravesend has gone bust. Henry Construction was chosen to build 242 homes known as the Charter. They've gone into administration and building work has stopped. The buildings were due to be complete by this autumn. Meantime, residents of a new housing estate in Maidstone say they feel trapped in their own homes as some roads still haven't been completed. One man living at Langley Park says he's fallen out of his wheelchair because the surface is so uneven and others say irregularly floods making it difficult to drive through. It's been three years since people started moving in. A spokesman for Taylor Wimpy says they're committed to completing the roadworks as soon as possible. Kent Online reports. There's been a mixed reaction to plans to knock down and rebuild a former cinema in Deal. You might remember we told you in a previous episode how the Regent was more recently used as a bingo hall but had been empty since 2008. Well, now developers want to create a smaller cinema along with a cafe and 12 homes on the site. Residents do say it'll get rid of the eyesore and bring more people to the area. But some have questioned whether a 49-seat cinema is good enough. Tracy lives nearby. I think as long as it keeps the original features you know, as much as possible and character, that'd be great, yeah, as yeah. a cinema, yeah. And um, when it closed as a cinema in 1963, it had 911 seats and the plan submitted say that it will only have 49 seats 
what do you think about that? Do you think that's enough, or do you do you think it's going to be a bit too small? Probably a bit too small, actually, because Deal's fairly, you know, a large place now, isn't it? So, yeah, I just thought it needed more than that. Yeah. But do you think it will encourage people back into the area? I mean, it will be the only cinema in Deal. So, do you think it will get um, sort of residents coming in, and it will hopefully make a profit? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You know, I remember where there was the other old cinema, um, and that was a real shame when that shut. So, I think that was missed. So, mm. hopefully, it will be well used. But yeah, 49 seats isn't a lot. Yeah, definitely mm. not. Um, and do you think that it's a bit of a waste of money being completely knocked down and rebuilt again? Now, they're going to rebuild the dome at the front to keep mm. that because that's quite a nice original feature. Um, but do, do you think the whole knocking it down is needed or do you think that it just sort of needs a bit of a, a revamp? Well, it hasn't been used so long, so I don't know what the state... You know, the safety thing, I guess, is the integrity of the building. So um, if it's integrity is fine, it's a shame it's being knocked down rather than just done up. But... Yeah, perhaps it needs to be, I don't know. And you can let us know what you think today. Perhaps you live in the area or have visited in the past. You can comment on the story on the website or on our socials. There are calls for the use of herbicides to kill weeds in Kent to be reviewed after a private flower bed was damaged. At Kent Online today, you can see pictures of the withered flowers after council workers sprayed outside a Whitstable home. The authority treat weeds on roads and pavements twice a year. We have asked them for a comment. A 12-week-old puppy advertised for sale on Sheppey has been reported stolen. Two men and a woman are said to have taken the German Shepherd from a property on Warden Road in Eastchurch without paying. The owner says she's worried for the dog's safety. Meantime, a cat from Herne Bay that travelled 140 miles after jumping into a stranger's car has been reunited with his owner. Socks accidentally went to Whitstable Beach before getting into another vehicle and ending up in London. Well, his owners say he often wanders off and has previously been spotted at a swimming pool and nightclub in Herne Bay. And the new series of Black Mirror, which was partly filmed right here in Kent, is out on Netflix today. You can look out for scenes shot in Swale, Dungeness and Chillum. Aaron Paul, Salma Hayek and Michael Kerr are among the stars of the latest episode. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham have completed the signing of former Wales international Johnny Williams. He's joined on a three-year deal after speculation he might have been snapped up by League Two rivals Bradford City. The 29-year-old has been Speaking to our sports reporter, Luke Cordell. I feel like I'm coming back home. I'm from Kent and um, it's the only team in the Football League in Kent. So I'm, yeah. I'm delighted to be joining Gillingham. I've always kept an eye out for their um, results wherever I've been because I feel like it's the team close to home for me. Um, and I've always wanted to play for Gillingham one day. Okay. And, uh, you know, today's the day that it feels right. Um, me and my family and to be close to family and friends but also to be part of this project um, that I've been made well aware that it's a project that wants to keep moving forward and having the new chairman come in in January um, he wants to succeed and make this club better and um, I'm, I'm delighted to be here and hopefully I can contribute in that way on and off the pitch. The chairman has some random ideas sometimes like today you've met all the sort of fan groups and stuff like that you've seen the new kit haven't you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Um, what struck me, you know, first impressions is it's lovely people, um, and you take football away. That's what remains with people in football. Is you get some people that aren't, and some people that are. But first impressions, they're really lovely people, and they're the kind of people you want to work with and go to work with every day and see every day. You want to enjoy your life, and life's too short. And I've always wanted to. Um, 
come back home and play for Gillingham. So uh, to get this opportunity now with a um, a man that cares a lot about the club yeah. and has put a lot into it already, and uh, you could see the change in last season from January onwards. Gillingham became a, a tough outfit in the league and a well-respected outfit, even though they'd just come down from League One. People that know football knew Gillingham was already a big club in that league. Um, but now the aim is to get them back up and uh, I want to be a part of that um, in the next three years and be part of the success and, and I'll be given 110% to do so. What's your, um, were you a fan of Gillingham when you were younger or you just knew of them because you were a Ken boy or what yeah, was your sort of relationship with yeah, the club like? This, well, I'm, I'm, I'm born in Pembury so I'm, I'm down the, you know, it's not around the corner, but it's yeah. Kent, yeah. Um, and it's close to home. I'm kind of in the middle of a few clubs, to be honest. Mm-hmm. There's Palace, there's uh, Brighton, Millwall. I'm kind of in the middle of all of them. But Kent, uh, regarding teams in Kent, Gillingham is the Kent-based team, along with Tunbridge Angels, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've always kept an eye out um, to see how they get on because wherever I've been up and down the country, um, you know, Gillingham is close to home, and I've always wished them well in their success and uh, had a soft spot for, for them so uh, I've always liked the idea of playing for them for obvious reasons but but also on the pitch football wise I see you know when I'm excited to work under Neil Harris I've played against his team many a time yep. he's, he's achieved some great success elsewhere and I've heard a lot of good things from players that have played under him so um, I'm excited to work under him and I understand it's a very good group of players and people, so that's important if you want to achieve promotion, mm-hmm. you want to be part of a tight-knit group, and uh, that's what, you know, when you play against Gillingham, you, you come across a good group of people, that, um, that honest group that want to do well and win, and I want to be a part of them, so. You've played well against Gillingham as well, haven't you, to the, uh, the <laughs> annoyance of the fans? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was deliberate, <laughs> trying, to, trying to catch their eye or not, yeah. um, but... Uh, yeah, no, luckily now I can put on the Gillingham shirt and um, it almost feels like I'm coming home in an important stage of my career. I'm 30 this year um, and it's a big three years ahead. I feel like I've still got a lot to give um, off the back of playing 40 plus games in the last two years. I feel my body's strong. Um, I miss a lot of football at a young age when I went into the first team at 17 through injuries. So hopefully now I can and push on and... and um, you know, I've got one promotion left on the list, which is League Two. So, uh, if I could achieve that with Gillingham, the team closest to home for me, um, it would be amazing. Johnny also met some of the fans at Priestfield to help reveal the club's new pink third kit. You can see it on the website today and let us know what you think. Cricket Next and Kent's Jack Leaning says it's not as easy as some fans think after their record-breaking county championship defeat to Surrey. The visitors made history by reaching a target of 501 in their second innings at Canterbury yesterday. Kent are now second from bottom in the Division 1 table. Staying with cricket and Kent Zach Crawley will open the batting for England in the first Ashes Test at Edgbaston, which starts tomorrow. He'll be joined by Ben Duckett as the series against Australia gets underway. And on the eve of the Ashes, 100 Kent school children are taking part in a tournament at the original home of the famous Ashes Urn. Nine schools are taking part in the event at Cobham Hall near Gravesend. It was once home to the former England captain who was first presented with the famous trophy after taking on Australia. Well, that's all from
from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.